You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 65. Well, guys, we are back with another episode of Back to the Basics. This is actually the second to last episode of this series. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. We've talked about the Word of God. We've talked about the oneness of God, baptism in Jesus' name. We've talked about a lot of important, essential things, especially when it comes to salvation. And today is obviously no different. We are talking about the Holy Ghost. In this episode, I will get into some scripture to solidify the truth that the Holy Ghost is essential to salvation. I also debunked the idea that the Holy Ghost is only for a specific generation of people. And I do expose how the Holy Ghost is not from the devil. Guys, we know that we've heard a lot of things from different denominations, but I'm going to bring the truth to you right now. If you haven't studied your Bible about the Holy Ghost, I suggest that you do. Just because we believe something doesn't mean that we know everything about it. And we have to decide for ourselves, if this is what we truly believe, then we need to go to the scripture and actually know why. So I encourage you that when you are listening to the Back to the Basic series, I want you to understand that the whole point is to realize that it's important for us to know why we believe what we believe. Because when people ask us, we should have an answer. And if we don't have an answer, maybe it's because we need to study it more for ourselves. So hopefully this Back to the Basics series has helped you understand the truth about being apostolic. And hopefully it's given you some fire to go dig in to the scripture for yourself. All right, guys, let's just get right into this. This is episode number 65 that I'm calling Back to the Basics, Holy Ghost Filled. You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? Before we get to why you're here, let me share two special deals with you from some friends of mine. The Hello Awesome podcast wants to welcome back our sponsor, Nuggles, for a new season. Through affordable, modest fashion, Nuggles aims to provide beauty with comfort. From dresses to slip skirts, modesty doesn't have to sacrifice style. Hello Awesome listeners can use the exclusive 10% discount code by using Hello Awesome 10 during checkout. Head to Nuggles.us to browse their full collection today. Again, that's N-U-G-G-L-E-S dot U-S to shop high quality products to add to your modest wardrobe today. Do you firmly believe that our relationship with Jesus should impact every part of our lives, including the clothes that we wear? We do too, and so do our friends over at The Modest Poppy. If you're ready for casual wear that's high quality for the modern Christian girl, Use their special discount code TMP20 for 20% off your next order at themodestpoppy.com. You can be a witness for Jesus just by what you wear. So take advantage of these special offers from our incredible sponsors right now. Do you struggle with finding the time to be alone with God? How about trying to get your mind focused on what to pray or even how to start reading your Bible? Girl, you are not the only one. And my new devotion guide, Get the Fire Back, 
will take you by the hand, virtually of course, and show you what has worked for me. Together, we will go back to simple principles concerning devotion. You will get practical tips, insights, and mini lessons that you can use right away. I define what devotion even is, break down the basics of prayer, and give you ways to connect with the word, even if life is busy. That's right, mamas, I see you. It is my prayer that this guide will bring that spark back to your devotion. Scripture says iron sharpens iron. Well, I say match lighteth match. Let me help you ignite that flame and get the fire back. Available in the Hello Awesome shop for just $5 as a quick PDF download, you will be able to read this guide anywhere on any device. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. And don't forget to grab yours today so you can shine right now. Oh, and Hello Awesome Reward members will receive the Get the Fire Back Devotion Guide for free. It's one of the many perks of being part of our exclusive program. Not a rewards member? Well, for as little as $2 a month, I will exchange your ministry support with incredible benefits not found anywhere else. Not just for the podcast, but everything Hello Awesome, like early access to podcast episodes, free digital copies of any current and future books that I write, PDF Bible study notes from the solo shows, including all of the Back to the Basics studies, and of course, so much more. You also get super awesome perks just for signing up. Just go to patreon.com forward slash hello awesome. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash hello awesome to become a Hello Awesome member today or click the link in the show notes. And one more thing before I forget. Did you know that my books, The Palace Keepers and The Glitter Effect are available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon? Super cool, right? All you have to do is just search for the titles and add them to your next Amazon order. And you can have one of my books in your hands in just a few days. How awesome is that? Head to the show notes for a direct link to visit my Amazon author page. Hey, my friends, welcome back to the podcast. I don't know about you, but this Back to the Basics series has really blessed me. Not just because I wrote it, but because God really worked through the studies for me personally. And then to be able to share it with you, that's like a double blessing. And so I'm just so thankful that God has given me the words to say and the platform to just share those lessons with you. And I really, really, really hope that they have been helping you as well. I am feeling so encouraged about my apostolic faith, and it's helped me to just cement this truth to my heart. Last time we talked about baptism and how it does matter. I shared how it should be done and why. Today, it's all about the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Now this topic is probably one of the most overlooked in modern Christianity today, because many times, Believers of many different denominations just haven't experienced it firsthand. There are many who believe it isn't relevant anymore to the modern church and that it died with the apostles. Some people think it's a hoax or an act of the devil. And some others might just believe that the Holy Ghost is an actual gift that only certain people can receive and that it's exclusive. 
Now, as I'm studying for this, I can look out my back window and see the wind move through the trees that line my yard. Now, if the wind has no color or substance, how can I see it? Well, I can see the wind by what it touches, what it affects. I know there's wind because I can see the trees move. And this is similar to how the Holy Ghost moves among God's people. The Word of God compares the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit to the wind. It's something that we can't see, but it's something that we can feel. We may not know where it's going, but we know what it touches. John 3, 5 through 8 says this, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, or whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. As we established in the last solo show, baptism is crucial to salvation, but so is the Holy Ghost. You may have heard people tell you that the Holy Spirit is received when you first believe, that your belief is a sign that you have God's Spirit inside of you. However, as we go through this lesson, you will see that there is more evidence provided for us so we know if we've received God's Spirit. We also will see how the idea that receiving the Holy Ghost is for the past generation is contrary to the Word of God. This passage in John solidifies the two main things needed in the life of a Christian, born again by water and by spirit. While baptism cleanses sin by water immersion and provides remission of sin, God's Spirit fills us so that we are guided away from sin as we walk this life. It's the Lord living within our temple, our body. In the New Testament, after Jesus was resurrected from the grave and appears to the disciples, Jesus tells them to wait for the promise. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Acts 1, 4-5 Jesus had given the disciples a specific instruction to wait for the promise. What is that promise? He continues by saying that John baptized with water, but soon they'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost. This is an important piece of history that many times gets swept under the rug. The Holy Ghost is so important that Jesus makes it a priority to tell the disciples to wait for it. In fact, this isn't the first time that he has mentioned to them about the Holy Ghost. Before being crucified, Jesus refers to the Holy Ghost as the Comforter that is to come and bring peace. But this Comforter is not another person in a trinity. This Comforter is God's own Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ who has all power and authority and has decided that we as his children can be comforted through his spirit living within us. God could have done this any other way, but he again chose relationship with his people and instead of just being with us, he also will be in us. 
even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. John fourteen seventeen and 18. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John fourteen twenty five through 27 Jesus says that those in the world can't receive it because they don't know him. They don't know the truth. He also says that his spirit already dwells with the disciples, but shall be in them. Shall be is key here. It hasn't happened yet. So the belief that once you believe, you receive the Holy Ghost is false. It was not yet given, but he was giving them a clue that it was coming. Jesus also says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you because the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God living in us. What a promise that through receiving his spirit, we will have comfort and peace. Our God that we serve won't just be outside of us working, but inside of us moving. This brings us to the day of Pentecost. The people who believed in Jesus remembered his words and how he told them to wait for the promise, the promise of the comforter that will bring them peace. They didn't know what to expect, but they knew they needed to receive it. As they waited, they didn't just sit around. They prayed together and were unified. They put their focus on God. Then an amazing thing happened. The Lord's Spirit filled the entire place and everyone there. The promise had finally arrived. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2, 1 through 4. As the Holy Ghost filled the people, they began to speak in other languages. The scripture says that the Spirit came as a sound from heaven and as of a rushing mighty wind. Have you walked around downtown in a city before? When the wind blows, you can hear it in between the buildings. That's what receiving the Holy Ghost is like. There is a sound when the Spirit begins to live in someone's heart. To be fair to God, we can't assume that he only knows one language. Jesus is the Lord of all creation and of all the nations. He is not just the God of America, and he doesn't just know English, but he's also the God of the entire world. Receiving the Holy Ghost is more than speaking in other languages. That is the evidence that Jesus has come to live in us. Let's think about what happens in royal culture when a king arrives to an event. There has to be some sort of fanfare sound, like a trumpet or a horn. Maybe a special song is played to honor the arrival of the king. When royalty arrives at a palace, 
isn't there always someone there making an announcement by sound? When you receive God's Spirit into your heart, you become that instrument in announcing that King Jesus is here. When the Holy Ghost comes to live in our hearts, why did God choose the evidence of His presence to be a sound from our lips? Why does He take over our tongues? In the book of James, it refers to the tongue as an unruly member of the body that is impossible for man to tame. Our tongues guide the direction in which we are going, spiritually speaking. James 3.8 says, But the tongue can no man tame, it is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. How powerful of a statement that God will be able to tame our tongues through the power of His Spirit within us. Now let's go back to that history-making moment on the day of Pentecost. The Lord was pouring out His Spirit for the first time to live within His people. And as each person was filled with the Holy Ghost, the power of God took over their unruly tongues and they began to speak in languages they had no prior knowledge of. It wasn't a language that they grew up learning. It was God's power working through them. There was confusion among the people who actually knew the languages being spoken. How can someone from a different place know the language of another place? What's going on? Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Acts 2, 6-8 This led some people to mock those receiving the Holy Ghost saying that they were filled with new wine and drunk. Doesn't that sound just like the accusations we hear in modern days right now? That anyone who speaks in tongues is drunk, on drugs, crazy, devil-possessed, just plain wrong. But here's the thing. We can't pick and choose which parts of the Bible are still related to us today or not. Every part of the Bible still matters. Even the parts that sound weird and different, like God's Spirit filling our hearts and that in response to this encounter, His Spirit takes over our tongues to bring a new language to our lips. This experience isn't for our glory, but His alone. And as we continue reading, Peter wanted to set the record straight. He didn't want those mocking to continue believing false things. He also wanted to remind everyone of what the Word of God said. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Acts 2, 15 through 18. The Holy Ghost is not exclusive. God said He will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, which means every single person can receive it. There is not one person exempt.
But just because someone has a gift for you doesn't mean you automatically get it. You have to be open to receiving it. You have to believe that the gift giver has something special for you. No one can earn this gift, but we do need to reach for it. Peter continued preaching and in Acts 2.36 stated, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. Acts two thirty-six through 41 Did you catch that? After those listening to Peter felt moved by the truth about who Jesus really was, God himself, who they crucified, and asked what they could do to be saved, Peter explained, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance still matters. Baptism in Jesus' name still matters. And receiving the Holy Ghost still matters. Because Peter continues and says, For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This promise is never ending. There is no generational cutoff point. In fact, we are that afar off people he was talking about. And the Holy Ghost is still relevant right now in 2020. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20 If our body is supposed to be the temple, what better place for the Spirit of God to dwell than the temple He created for His glory? God's Spirit in us will lead us down better paths. It'll be the compass we need to travel through life, the comforter we need in times of pain, and the joy after the rain. We are told in the book of Jude how we should behave when people mock us for believing in the Holy Ghost. But, beloved, Remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. There be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, 
looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Jude 1, 17-20 Jesus had a strong warning against anyone who spoke out against the Holy Ghost. He knew what was coming, and he knew what the promise would be for his people. There is no doubt that Jesus wanted to stress the importance of the Holy Ghost and why we should honor and respect it. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Matthew 12, 31-32 I think many people today deny the Holy Ghost for a few reasons. One reason is, they don't understand what it is. Simple, really. How can you believe in something you don't really understand? But we should not just sit in unbelief and deny something until we have searched it out for ourselves. Now, there are many Christians across vast denominations, and unfortunately, including the UPCI, who don't seek the truth out for themselves. A lot of people don't go into the scripture to see what it actually says about a certain topic. And then they set their entire life on what was taught without fully knowing why it's being taught. There is no scripture that says that the Holy Ghost is from the devil. In fact, we just read in Matthew how Jesus himself said, no forgiveness will be found for those who speak against it. Jesus lets us know exactly where the Holy Ghost comes from in John 14, 26 through 27. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Holy Ghost is from God. So if anyone claims that the Holy Ghost is from the devil, they are speaking against scripture and denying the Pentecost experience in the book of Acts. They're also dismissing the message that Peter preached that day, explaining to everyone about the Holy Ghost and the necessary steps for salvation. It's easy to believe a lie, and we must be careful not to deny something just because we are afraid of it or don't understand it. And if you read more of the Bible, the Holy Ghost didn't just move on the day of Pentecost. There are many stories in the book of Acts that show the disciples bringing this truth to the unsaved, and they were filled with God's Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, or speaking in languages foreign to them. After Paul's conversion, he spoke many times about salvation to the people he met, and each time is about baptism in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost. When Paul arrived at Ephesus, he met fellow disciples there. These weren't the disciples that we know by name who followed Jesus personally, but they were believers who heard about the truth. Well, they heard only a part of the truth because Paul began to ask them questions. He wanted to make sure that they knew the entire truth, but it didn't take long for him to see they didn't know it all. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, 
he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Acts 19, 1-6 If baptism in Jesus' name is not important for salvation, then why did these men get rebaptized? And if the Holy Ghost is not relevant or necessary, then why did these men get prayed over by Paul and began to speak in tongues and prophesy? Because we are supposed to be baptized by water and the Spirit in order to be saved. Isn't that what Jesus said when he was walking on the earth and teaching? And yet in modern culture today, we have people still believing like the Pharisees and scribes. People who are still denying the basic truth that baptism in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost are essential to salvation. Before I wrap up, I did want to speak briefly about the gifts of the Spirit and tongue interpretation. I confess I haven't dove deep into a big study about this, but I have studied it some and have had teaching from my pastor, so I feel compelled to share just a small portion of what I do know because I think there's confusion surrounding spiritual gifts, especially interpretation. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 to set the basics for this topic. It says this, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. Diversities is another way to say varieties or differences. When we are filled with His Spirit, we are in tune with the heart of God, or at least we should be. Spiritual gifts are the expression of the Spirit that is given to us as men, humans, to profit from. Meaning spiritual gifts do not add anything to God, but they do profit us as believers. The scripture states that there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. That there are different administrations or roles, but the same Lord. And that there are differences of operations or how it works, but that it is the same God which works in it all. Spiritual gifts is meant to encourage, inspire, and edify the body of Christ. It adds nothing to God, but He works through these gifts to those who are filled with His Spirit so that we are unified with Him and can contribute to being better Christians together. Spiritual gifts is not meant for us to be possessive over. They're not meant to be hidden. Their purpose is to profit the body of Christ and elevate us spiritually for His glory. 1 Corinthians 12, 8-11 continues on saying this, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, 
to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Not everyone who has the Holy Ghost can interpret when someone speaks in tongues. Remember that the word tongues usually means languages. There are certain people who have the gift of interpretation or translation of foreign languages that are spoken through the Spirit. Just like someone else might have a gift to speak wisdom, or someone else has a heightened awareness of demonic interference, all of these work by the same Spirit. Is this to say that one person can't experience more than one spiritual gift? Of course not, because it's the same Spirit. But there is one gift that we each have that is stronger than the rest. It doesn't matter the ranking of the gift. We have to stop measuring who is more important by the spiritual gifts that they've been given. It's all the work of the same Spirit to unify us with Him and to benefit the entire body of Christ together. For as the body is one, it hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one Spirit... Are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit? For the body is not one member, but many. 1 Corinthians 12, 12-14 We have to understand that when we receive salvation, we are included in the body of Christ. We are adopted into the family of God. And as a family, we all have a special place. We all matter and have a part to play. I feel like we've looked at spiritual gifts as a way to measure how much someone is worth. The bigger the gift seems to us, the bigger the person with the gift is to us. And this is plain wrong, church. None of us are above the other. Christ is above us all. We are even on the playing field. We are working members side by side, and we must respect each member of the body and the gift that God has given them because it is all for our good and to glorify the God we claim to follow. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. 1 Corinthians 12, 25-26 A schism means division. There should be no division in the body, but we should have the same care for one another. This includes being respectful to those we think aren't working hard enough. This includes being kind to those who are different than us. This means we are not meant to be haughty or prideful in the gifts that we operate in, but that we should look at one another like family, because we are family in Christ. When one of us suffers, all of us suffer. When one of us is honored, we should all rejoice and be aligned with that honor. That means that bitterness, jealousy, pride, and conceited attitudes don't belong in this family because those things don't edify or unify us together. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? 
but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. 1 Corinthians 12, 28-31 Covet here means to be zealously affectionate towards the best gifts that you have, and God will show you a better way or path. I want to end by saying this. God does have specifications for each of the spiritual gifts. He does everything in decent order and the right timing. But the only way to operate within these spiritual gifts properly is by connecting with the same Spirit. When the body of Christ is unified by the power of the Holy Ghost, He will work through these spiritual gifts to bring profit to us as His chosen people. These spiritual gifts will never go against who God is and what He stands for. If you have any questions about the Holy Ghost and spiritual gifts, I suggest speaking to your pastor and giving him the chance to teach you. Many people have mocked Pentecostals for being too emotional and call speaking in tongues nothing more than sensational. I can tell you that this little Catholic Puerto Rican girl was emotional about the Jesus who died for me on the cross. Yes, it brought me to tears and to my knees. But I could not manufacture on my own the power of the Holy Ghost when it engulfed me that night during a district rally. I could not make up hearing myself speak in a language I never learned. And I definitely couldn't create the peace and joy I felt since then. The Holy Ghost is not manufactured. It is not man-made. It is not trying to keep us emotional and in tune with our feelings 100% of the time. The Holy Ghost is real. It's when God's Spirit fills our hearts. And if we don't move and we don't react when God fills us with the Holy Ghost, then did He really fill us? Think about it. The power of God, just a little portion of it, is going to be imputed into our temple, our bodies. And people expect us not to say anything or move or react? That's impossible. When God moves and when God breathes and when God does anything, change happens. So the same as when God fills us with the Holy Ghost, something is going to happen. And that is the evidence of speaking with other tongues. That is us weeping. That is us rejoicing. That is us shouting and being emotional because God just put some of his power within us. How can we stay still and act like that is not a big deal? Receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost changed my life because God now lives in me and directs my steps in a personal way. I can't do that myself. I wouldn't even know where to begin if I wanted to. It's God's power working through us. We are merely the vessels that hold his spirit while he uses us to bring glory to his name and bring others to the revelation of who he really is. This is what we're going to be talking about for the final lesson of the Back to the Basics series. In two weeks, we will wrap up this Bible study by talking about living a holy life and being a witness to others. I will definitely be going into the truth about modesty, uncut hair, and being a witness to the world. Also, why should we even go to church in the first place? We're going to talk about that too. Guys, I would love to hear your thoughts about this lesson, about the Back to the Basics series, anything at all about the podcast. Feel free to email me at helloawesomeshop at gmail.com. Let me know what specific things have blessed you and how God is working through this Bible study series. 
All right, my friends, as always, it has been a pleasure talking to you today. I know it was a lot. Again, this series is super packed, but we got to know these things. If you have not received the Holy Ghost since you believed, stay the course. Never stop praying. It's a free gift that is not bound by buildings or times. It's an overflowing, consuming fire that will fill you if you continue walking with Jesus. Ask God to help you. Until next time, my friends, I will talk to you soon. I hope you have a blessed week. You know where to contact me. You know where to find me if you need me. I love you all. Thank you so much for all your comments and all of your reviews. If this podcast has spoken to you and if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please leave a five-star review in iTunes. Let me know how. Let me know which episodes have been your favorite and just uh, give me a word of encouragement so that I know that uh, you are being blessed as well. Guys, love you so much. Talk to you later.
If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.